0: Tonight, I, we you know Clover Hill, uh, Planted United Church. How long has it been, Adam? Uh, and since February, so a little over a year. Wow, that's hard to believe. And uh, they're they're meeting over there in the Forest Hill area and just doing some great things. And and you know I've told you this before, but I don't I, I don't let anybody take the mic and and share with with and I this. Does this sound arrogant or pr- But my people. I feel like you're my people. You're, you're the people that God has put under my care to minister to and to love on and to encourage and to challenge. And so I'm very careful with who I let allow. And, it, and, it, and And I just want people that have a real heart for God. And if there's anything about Adam I could say, he's the real deal. You get what you get all the I mean you get the good the bad and the ugly and that's what I love about him he's doing a wonderful job he's become a great great friend and that somebody I can confide in we pray together Adam I'm so appreciative of your friendship and I want Clover Hill will you give Adam Martino a big welcome as he comes to share God's word
1: Man, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do right now. I'm gonna try to preach. I could have kept singing forever and ever and ever. I am um, right. Come on, somebody. Um. All right, I'm gonna go. Um. I love Pastor Stan and and Angie and and all that they mean to to me and to my family. If you know me I cry very easily. I'm going to try to hold it together like a piece of duct tape up here. But I love Pastor Stan and first Timothy 5:17 is very clear. It says that our pastor is worth double the honor and he's not only my pastor, he's one of my best friends. He's a counselor. We have a gift for you, Pastor. It's somewhere around here I don't know we'll find you afterwards and give you a gift because i'm I'm an Italian Puerto Rican from New York. you don't show up to your daddy's house without a gift so we have we have a gift for you, and I just I love you so much I really do um I, I had something that I was going to share um and I don't even know if I could share it right now i I feel like how many people know that God's doing a new thing you know pastor pastor you know he had us symbolically, you know, turned down. And, and there, there's two type of people in the world. There's, there's those that are humble and those that are about to be humbled. Come on, somebody. And I think, I think you know, they, God, God honors that. And I, I really believe this. I believe that God's calling the church back to himself. And I believe for too long, the church has been, you know, we got about lights and systems and, and all this kind of stuff. And while those things are great, I think I think God's calling us back to himself. And he wants to see his sons and his daughters worshiping in spirit and in truth. And I think, you know, for too long, we we started. And I remember when we were starting out the church and we said, we we got it. got to be this way because and it got to smell like this. And we bought scent machines and and all this kind of stuff. Look, I'm here to tell you none of that matters. None of that matters. The heart of God is to design a church service that invites the Holy Spirit and God will do the rest. God will do the rest. There's a verse here in, in Hebrews chapter 6. It's not even in my notes. so I'm sorry, guys, up there. But y'all going to have to deal with it too bad. Hebrews chapter 6 says this, and I was just thinking about it as we were sitting there. It says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. Come on, somebody. Not laying, again, the foundation of repentance from acts that leads to death and of faith in God. Instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrecting of the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. He's saying here, he's saying it's time to go back to the beginning. It's time to hit the reset button and start all over again, and I love how powerful this is. And, and I've been thinking about the things that God's been doing at United Church. You know, it's 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 one thing for 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 us. To, you know, to I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it this way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it this way. And I'm sorry. I'm just that was overwhelming for me that worship. I'm I'm struggling through here, a little bit drunk in the spirit, but it's all it's all good. It's, it's hard to understand what God has saved you for until you understand what God has saved you from. Come on, somebody. It's hard to understand it, and you can't, you can't move into that. You can't, you can't step out into that until you really understand what God's speaking now. There's that passage in Hebrews that we speak about so many times where it's now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We've been quoting that scripture wrong for years. It's not now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. It's now faith. The faith that you're you're using right now. The faith that you're acting out in right now. The faith that you're stepping out in right now. I don't know what you were dealing with. You know what you were dealing with, but, but God put something on pastor's heart for a reason. You need to step out in faith. God, that's not me. The person that I came here, in here as is not the person that I, I could leave as. I could leave as somebody different. I could leave as who you called me to be. I could be all that you designed me to be and all that you want me to be, but you got to believe it. You got to believe it. There's a scripture that I want to read to us real quick, and it's in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verses 7 to 12, and I'm going to read it really, really quick. And it's, it's, it's a weird verse. I'm sorry. Sometimes I just like being weird. Come on, where's my weird people? If you're weird and you don't care, and you don't care about being weird, raise your hands. It's all good in the hood. Acts chapter 20. Verses 7 to 12, and I'm I'm, I'm going to read this real quick. And it says, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Come on, somebody. You think it's too much? We got to be out of here by 8.15. You're like, come on, Pastor. He's speaking to midnight. Come on. There were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus. Everybody say Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from a third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. And after talking until daylight, come on, y'all, he started preaching again. After talking into daylight he left. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. I want to preach to you for the next 10 or 12 minutes or so about how to die in church. How to die in church. Let me let me let me let me break something to you real quick. Just because you're in church doesn't make you saved. It's good. It's the best place you could ever be. But just because you come here doesn't make you saved. And there's a series of steps that I want to look at real quick. And and, and there was a process, a process in which Eutychus died. And if we're not careful, and if we're not careful, we could be subject to the same thing. Maybe not literally falling out of a third story window, but spiritually falling into much, much worse. There's a couple of things that you see here. The first one was he was sitting in a window. He was alone. He was alone. The second thing is that it says that he began to sink into despair. The next thing was he he went into a deep sleep. He was unconscious to what was happening around him. And the last thing is he fell. He lost all control over himself. And I was thinking about this, and I was saying, God, you know something? There's so many people, there's so many people that are hurting and broken and confused, and then they come to church. Yeah. And then they get broken and hurt and confused. Yeah, I said it. They, they came to church. How many people, how many times somebody comes in and because they don't look like you or they don't act like you or they don't, they don't fit into your people group or the people that you like hanging around, you never know who they are and they slip in quietly and they slip out quietly and God knows what could happen. I remember when, when we started the church, the sound system that we installed into the high school was so, so advanced that nobody knew how to use it. Nobody knew how to use it. Come on, somebody, you need, you know, is this thing on? You know, that, that type of thing. So we had to hire a sound guy. And he was with us for a couple of months. I remember one time he even came up to me. He, he, he was an atheist. He was, he was tatted up. He was punk rock. He was all these kind of things. And I remember he came to me one Sunday. He said, he said hey, Reverend. I said, don't call me Reverend. He said, hey, Reverend, that was a great show. I said, again, it's not a show, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Don't call me Rev. Don't call it a show. About three weeks later, he committed suicide. Ask your pastor. I was lucky enough to meet with him that afternoon. Broke, broke every bit of me. I didn't know what to do. But I did know this, that I would make a promise that we would Be the light of the world to every single person that we ever meet. There would be no person that ever came into United Church that would leave that place without having an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But I I thought about this. I I said, I said, God, I said, it's so easy. It's so easy to come to church and to hide and to never really get after all that God has for us. And just because we say we come doesn't mean that there's a difference being made. How, how do we die in church? Somebody say, how do we die in church, pastor? I'll tell you. Just come to church and not be the church. Be a hearer only, not a doer. Come to enjoy, but not to experience. I know I'm being loud, and I, that's some of your pastor and me. You guys are used to it. Just come and sit and never really get involved, never really get connected. We can never change the world by going to church. We can only change the world by being the church. Just come here and sing a couple of songs and then bolt out before anybody really notices you. Eutychus showed up to church. He was there. He made an effort. He got there. And you know what? He died. Here's the second thing. Expect nothing ever to really happen. Come to church and sing the songs. And when pastor says, look, we're going to go after God, get on your face and trust that God can change your life. I'm going to say I believe it, but do you really believe it? Do do you really believe that the creator of, of heaven and earth can change anything in just a second? Do you really believe that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that's at work in your life right now? Why why do we struggle, right? It's so easy to believe so many things. You could buy a scratch off. Come on, somebody. You could buy a scratch off, and you're like, this is it. Somebody, babe, go get my nickel. Go get my lucky nickel. I'm going to scratch this scratch off. You could believe for that, but you can't believe for a healing. Proverbs 8, verse 35 says this, for he who finds me, Finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Somebody say favor ain't fair. We spend more time seeking favors than we do seeking favor. That was really good. Somebody needs to tweet that. <laughs> Here's the third thing. I got to keep moving. Sit by yourself. Remain. He remained independent. He didn't need nobody sitting all cute up in the window. His skinny jeans on. Some aftershave on, looking all fresh by yourself. Up, I don't need anybody. I don't need a small group. I don't need get, to get connected. The Bible says confess your sins one to another. That's where the real healing comes in. That's where the real changing takes place. When you confess your sin one to another, when you talk to each other. Well, I keep struggling with this. And every Sunday, I'm going to come up to the altar. And every Sunday, I'm going to pray about the same thing. Maybe y'all need to get connected to a small group and confide in somebody that's going to hold you accountable. What about your friends? Ecclesiastes four says this: Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them fall down, one can help the other. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Here's the next one: Make no attempt to change. Make real, make really, make no attempt to change. I thought about this. I was like, Why? Why did Paul speak so long? Because he was such a good communicator. I don't think so. I think he kept going and going and going because nobody was getting it. Come on, somebody. Nobody was getting it. He was saying the same thing after the same thing after the same. You feel like that sometimes, don't you, P.S.? Come on, yo. Come on, somebody, just get it. If somebody would just get it. If somebody would just get it, then they would get it. Get it? If somebody would just get it. She was going on and on and on. He knew they weren't getting it. He knew they weren't understanding them, but he wanted to get the word inside of them. 2 Timothy says this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous. Come on, y'all. You're like... Pastor, why are you being so, why are you being so negative? You, be, you need to be more positive. I'm positive y'all need to hear this. How about that? I'm positive somebody needs to hear this. He's, he's, saying, he's saying there needs to be something in your life that's worth eternal discipline. There needs to be something in your life worth eternal discipline. There needs to be a reason why you wake up in the morning and you open your Bible. There needs to be a true life change. It's at that point. It's at that point that everything starts to change. Let me tell you this. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste anything. He can't waste anything. He's God. So we're saying, God, bless me. Bless me, God. I want more. I want more. God, I need this or I need that. And he's saying, you use what you got. You already got everything inside of you that you need. I've already given you everything that you need. So we come here on first Wednesdays and we're the ones, look, you can tell, right? We're the ones who really love Jesus the most because we're here on a Wednesday night and we're going after God and we're singing with all our might and we're lifting it up. Well, we got to be the ones to carry the load. We're the ones that got to grab the next person by the hand and say, hey, come with me. Come with me to first Wednesday. Come with me to church on a Wednesday night. I've seen you sitting here by yourself. I don't want you sitting here anymore. Look, I, I wrote one of these things. What, what's it called when you got like the letter means something? What's it called? An acronym. Thank you. I made an acronym. Come on, somebody. There's hope. H-O-P-E. Y'all got to do better than that. You know, I'm a Brooklyn kid. You know how hard that was? Making an acronym. There's hope. It's help. H help. God. Psalms 121 says this, I'll lift up my eyes from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. You can clap for this if you want to. He will who keep you will not slumber. That means God's always with you. He's always there. There's help. There's help in any circumstance. There's help for anyone. And it's not just about you because I guarantee you know about 18 people that need some help. Come on, somebody. It's not just about us. I promise you this, and I tell my church this all, all the time. The greatest Christian life that you'll ever live is the one that's nothing about you. The greatest Christian life you'll ever live is the one that has nothing to do with you. It's about God and it's about other people. I'm telling you what, it's the greatest Christian life you'll ever live because your problems seem so much smaller. I don't have money to pay rent. I don't care. I love Jesus. Let me go talk to 20 people about Jesus. And then all of a sudden somebody buys you a cheeseburger and everything's great. Help, H, help, God. Oh, optimism. Come on, somebody, optimism. Belief. Mark five thirty six says this. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the rulers of the synagogue, do not be afraid. What? Only believe. I love, I love, I, I use that all the time. Just that little passage, just those two, just those two words. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Come on, somebody, hear my voice. Only believe. It doesn't matter what your bank account looks like. It doesn't matter the doctor's report, only believe, only believe, only believe, only believe. There's something bigger than your circumstance. There's something bigger than your situation. There's something bigger than what you're facing, and it's called belief in God. He's, he's greater. The Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Is this good? Is this good? Is this, this? How about a P? For patience. Endurance is another word for patience. Colossians 1 says this, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom. I love that word inheritance, don't you? Inheritance. I feel like it gives me something to look forward to. Inheritance. I, I, I grew up and my, 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 my grandparents on my mother's side were immigrants from Puerto Rico. And my grandfather, my, my grandmother had, had dementia. And my, my grandfather, he he, he, started, he started taking money. This is so true. He started taking money and hiding it all over the place. Because my, my grandmother had dementia. And she'd like take the money and just like burn it and throw it out and all this kind of stuff. So he started taking money and hiding it. And then they went to sell their house why am i telling this story okay i remember why i'm telling this story they went to sell their house and we went, when they were like my grandfather's freaking out everybody's like what why is he freaking out because he had literally had like $10,000 hidden hidden in the house hidden like in different places nobody knew where we were kicking holes in sheetrock we were we were ripping up wooden floor finding all this kind of stuff and then he says this he says this he goes he goes let me tell you something This is your inheritance. I've never worked so hard in my life. I've never. But that's money. That's something that fades away. That's something that could be spent. We have an internal inheritance. Come on, somebody. We have an internal that will never go away, that will spend the rest of our life worshiping and praising our Savior. An internal inheritance. And here's the last one. I think I'm doing good on time. Here's the last one, E for expectation. Faith in God. Thank you, brother. Faith in God. Faith in God. You know what faith in God is? Faith in God is hope. Hope. Philippians 1 says this, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ but also the privilege of suffering for him for i fully expect and hope that i will never be ashamed but i will but that i will continue to be bold for Christ as i have been in the past and i will trust my life will bring honor to Christ whether i live or die for To me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. That's the message translation. What are you hoping for? What do you have hope in? Where where is our hope? I'm not trying to beat anybody up. Actually, I'm trying to do the opposite and encourage you. I promise I am. What, what What are we really hoping for? What are we putting our hope in? What are, we, what are we, when we come here, when we lift our hands, when we close our eyes, when we sing out in worship, when we cry out to God, what are we hoping for? What are we trusting in? You know, this world has the ability to do a lot of the things that we can do. That's how the enemy designed it. He designed it to have a lot of cheap imitations. A lot of cheap invitations that'll try to make you feel good or feel like it's sort of what God wants for your life. But hope, real hope. Hope that God could do anything at any moment, in any circumstance, in any situation of your life. Hope that even though you might feel like you're at the end of the, your rope, Hope that maybe maybe there's somebody in your family that's been struggling with something for a long, long time. Hope that God can turn it around. Let me tell you something. For some people, hope is something they do. But for a believer in Jesus Christ, hope is something you have. And I believe that we haven't even scratched the surface of all that God wants to do in our lives. We haven't even scratched the surface of who God's calling us to be. In our churches and in our families, in our children's. I believe that God's calling us back to himself. I believe that we're staring revival in the face. I believe that there's no greater time to be the church than right now. Everything that's going on in our world, everything that's going on in our community. From racism to hate to, to everything that's going on to, to, to resources drying up to everything that's happening. We still have a hope. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. I don't know what you have going on. Let's stand together. I just I just want to pray. Pastor, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is good. I just I just feel in my heart. I just want to encourage somebody. I don't know what you came in here with. Maybe you came in here with absolutely nothing. Maybe your mind was blank. Well, that's okay. Maybe you came in here broken and hurting. Maybe you came in here and last night you were contemplating suicide. Maybe you came in here desperate and you're saying, I just need more. I just need more of God in my life. Well, he's here. Guess what? He's here. And he's here for you now. And he wants to move in your heart. And he wants to move in your life. And he wants to do something in your family. And he wants to do something in your finances. He loves you so much that he's willing to meet you right now the way that you are. But he loves you so much that he doesn't want you going out of here the same way you came in. So right now, with every eye closed, with every head bowed, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Father God, you see every heart in this room. You see every life in this room, Lord God. You see every mind in this room. And I pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. That your power and your anointing would move forth, Lord God. That you would break the yoke of bondage, Lord God. That sin would be gone. That pornography would be gone. That struggles would be gone, Lord God. That there would be a revival in households. That there would be an encouraging of the soul, Lord God. That minds would be fixed and healed, Lord God. That bodies would be mended and made whole, Lord Jesus. I cast out cancer in the name of Jesus. I cast out sin in the name of Jesus. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I call to life. I speak to life the things of the Spirit. Father God, you see every mind and you see every heart. We ask that you have your way, Lord God. That you reign down by your Spirit for your glory and for your honor. We love you, Lord Jesus.
0: I love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. Somebody give him a praise.